And she said that all of a sudden we are going to go to Thailand before the end of the year. Everyone, that was one of my best friends, Olivia, making fun of the way that I fucking talk. Does anyone else have a problem with the way that I talk? The clitoris has no other biological purpose than to serve the female pleasure. What other body part besides the clitoris is given just for pleasure? No one. You tell none, me that. Okay. And then the I had this eye gazing session in Thailand. It was Bali, bitch. Bali and dude if you really think about it all of the nerve endings are in your feet no one understands this except for the fact that all of your nerve endings are in your feet so foot play Mm -hmm. should be absolutely accepted by society except for that it's not because of the stigma around pleasure what is so wrong about pleasure in our society we shame it so much because of christianity and the bible and yada 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 toxic (laughs) masculinity when in reality we should be embracing these things and rejecting the cishead normality of life (laughs) and just accepting the fact that I can come in my toes. Is that so wrong? (laughs) Bitch, on the real, (laughs) your toes have so many nerve endings and that's why it feels good for your toes to get sucked. If you can just get past the embarrassment or sensitivity of it. I don't know oh, why you're it. making fun of this fact. It's a I'm true not. fact. Dude, I'm not. I've gotten my fucking toe web sucked and I felt it in my clitoral hood. So be it. <laughs> oh, my oh. Urethra Franklin was singing when I got my cuticles in my toes licked. So what? It's okay. <laughs> so what? Oh, bitch. You're a natural. Welcome to the Queendom. Your host, Lauren Mortacini. Welcome to the Queendom. Your host, Lauren Mortacini. <laughs> bitch tell me how much you love my theme song i love it so much dude honestly like the waves crashing did you add that effect or am i tripping is there like a waves crashing like effect oh no there is definitely a waves crashing effect and i hired someone over at fiverr which is a great website and had them make me a jingle. And your not mom, Pfizer, the COVID vaccine. Five, Pfizer. Fiverr. Oh wow. High Fiverr. Also Your mom actually gave me the inspiration for the song that I ended up kind of using to mold this song or that the person used. So also I realized go rage, go best friend. She's a real bad bitch. Also, I realized I, when I was like trying to sing the riff, I was not singing your riff at all, but a different sound from TikTok. So (laughs) 
Okay, they so sound very similar. Get off TikTok, bitch. No. No. Then I would lose my whole personality. We can't have that. No. Dude, my people brain. ask me if I have hobbies and like um is like wasting many hours of my life on TikTok a hobby because if it's not, I got nothing. But that's okay. except for uh booze and suck and dick. <laughs> yeah, but he loves TikTok too. So like what? <laughs> Cause just sit on TikTok together. Okay. All right. Dude, literally, literally, that's what we do. Dude, he's fucking amazing. He's like, hey, you wanna smash and then watch some TikTok? Yes. He's like, you wanna watch some Jersey Shore and then watch TikTok and then smash? I'm like, yes. He's like, you wanna watch The Office, and then smash, watch TikTok. I'm like, dude, yes, I do all this shit on my own. And now you wanna do it with me? Oh, um, to get, get me, me. got me doing, doing things, things I never do. <laughs> you hear what I'm telling you. Okay, all right. We are. <laughs> anyway, here we are. We haven't even fucking started yet, and we are already off track, which, if anyone fucking knows me, it's not off brand. So, welcome to thy queendom come i am your host lauren and today i have a very special bitch here with me she's one of my best hoes um we went to college together many moons ago and then when i moved to south korea to teach she was supposed to teach me out she was supposed to meet me out there but then she teach you out yeah i'll teach, teach you out. out real good teach me out yeah <laughs> spread my legs and you teach me out I'll teach you out real good. Oh, God. That's, that's <laughs> dirty. Well. Um, so Olivia lagged ass and didn't get there until three fucking years later. Three is, years later. <laughs> which is probably a fucking good thing because Olivia and I would have probably died together in Seoul because... Now COVID is a thing and they close early. But when I was there, it was a 24-hour fucking city. I literally would go to the clubs until sunrise and I would go from the clubs to work. And I taught children. So I remember like one day walking into work with my choker and my dick stomping boots. And I hadn't even gone home to get like my proper teaching attire or clothes or a shower or a toothbrush and I just like rolled into work and my friends were like Lauren you fucking smell so bad and also take your fucking choker off <laughs> As wait is a choker not appropriate teacher attire I literally roll up with cheetah print and a choker like as what I put on for the day not when you looked and smelled the way that I did I mean I looked like oh. I had been working the streets oh but I'm wondering whether it's okay or not to bring up a story you told me about South Korea. Oh God. You know, I, listen, you've heard every episode. Is there ever anything that's really off topic? Okay. Well, you can cut this out if you want, but did you not, were you not still drunk for the night before and horny? Did you not like take a break to go rub one out in the bathroom at work? <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Bitch, you have an elephant's memory. Though a friend of mine told me that they were a teacher. An elephant never forgets. I am uh, Mama Jumbo from the movie uh, Disney's Dumbo, bitch. I got you. <laughs> I mean, you know, some when you hear something that's really scarring, you don't forget. So whose fault is that? I will admit to this. 
Um, it had nothing to do with the children. Now, let me just state that fucking clear. It had nothing to do with the children. It had everything to do with the fact that I was hungover. And, you know, when you're hungover, you have that headache, that kind of fogginess. And usually my really natural medicine to that is masturbation and having an orgasm because it like releases all these the shit in your head that makes you feel better. And at least it makes me feel better. And I was just really struggling through this day at work. And I was also, I get horny when I'm hungover. I don't know why it's like all of the, the brain cells are in my vagina and they, they pulse. And so I, all of these things together, I was like, I am also, I'm also working with fucking children all day, children. And so I was like, if I don't get this out right now, it's going to be a bad day for everyone. So I did. I left my kids in the classroom and I went to the toilet and just. (laughs) Anyways, but here's the thing. I'm not a teacher anymore. (laughs) Thank God, first of all. And also, yeah. So here's the thing. I bring this up because I wish I could not relate. I really wish, but unfortunately we are two peas in our little fucked up pod. Um, I have no, okay. I have not rubbed one out at work, but I have been severely hungover and horny at work. And again, it has nothing to do with the children, but with my own fucked up mental state. Um, and like, my man is sending me dirty texts as I'm making my lesson in the office. And it's like, this is weird. I'll like open a dirty message while the kids are writing their essays. I, this has nothing to do with you, but I'm just, I feel a little guilty because we're in the same room and shit. But anyway, I wish I could act like I'm holier than thou, but I am not. So (laughs) bitch, I don't think anybody is under the impression that you are holier than thou. And they certainly probably will not by the end of this motherfucking episode. I sure hope they won't because these are the reasons that we get along, man. I mean, I feel like at this point, people, anybody who's associated with me is just, is guilty by association. Like if you are that close to me, you must be some level of fucked up or brilliant. One of the two. Um, I mean, Pretty much everyone that I, I fuck with and I know that you fuck with and now our circles are kind of intertwined, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It never was like that before. So that's mm-hmm. cool, except for Sam. Love you, Sam. Hi, Sam, if you're listening. Hi, Sam. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, everyone I fuck with is severely fucked up and also a genius. I think Soul and the universe would be glad that we're not there together to um, ruin everyone's lives, including our own. So <laughs> Mostly our own, I think. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, Thursday party will still be there, even if you're not. Oh, so. God, Thursday party. Guys, Thursday party is this bar in Seoul. And there was one. You know the one in Hongdae? Lauren, here's the thing. I'm a big old fake because I have only been here in post-COVID era. And I have not even been to Thursday party <gasps> No, my soul experience is so limited and this is why it sucks. I mean, it's great. I'm having a great time, but it also sucks because I came here in COVID era and I'm having a great time, but it's not what it's supposed to be. So I've heard of Thursday party. I've heard of, you know, I've been a hung day once or twice, but everything closes at 10 and you're only supposed to go in in groups of four and you have to scan in your QR code and you wear a mask on the street and it's like, 
yeah. Anyway, so people are like, oh, how's Korea? I'm like, it's great. Oh, you're going to come home after your year? I'm like, no, it's just getting fun. So yeah. Anyway, I definitely think you need to hang out for another year to fully experience Korea. Um, yeah. The Thursday party in Hongdae. Hongdae is the university town and part of Seoul. And I literally lived at one of the main exits. And so this is why when I was in Seoul, my I was such a shit show. I could throw a rock at any time of the day or night and hit a fucked up person. And even on a Tuesday night, I'd be in my fucking apartment, which was like a little dungeon. And I could just hear the, rah, 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 the fucking music, the partying, and it would just pull me out. And so that's why it was so dangerous for me. But Thursday party is the kind of fucking place that you go to at like two or three o'clock in the morning. Nothing good happens at Thursday party except for everything. You know, you go there and people are just looking to meet, looking to hook up. I mean, people are traveling. It's a fucking hub. I actually had a short season in Korea where I had a 72 hour rule where I was only engaging intimately. (laughs) I was only hooking up with dudes who were there for less than 72 hours. So (laughs) you're the opposite. I'm too much of a simp. Lauren, I wish we could relate. You have less feelings than I, I like I have the opposite rule. I'm like, dude, if you're just here for a month or so, I, I don't want to meet you. Cause <laughs> oh no, those that, that oh, was my bro- I know. I know. I, I I pretend to be a bad bitch and I am, but like I'm such a softie. I can't. You are such a softie, and I've definitely yeah. seen that recently, which is something that we are gonna get into. But oh god, I, here we go. Yeah. But I am definitely the opposite. I mean, I was at least thin, but I mean, I do have lots of feelings. I'm just, you do. Yeah. But I'm just okay with the passerbyers. Is that what they're called? I'm okay with, you know, the transient kind of connections of like, this is amazing. So nice to meet you. See you later. I didn't know. Nope. And I, I was also such a fucking fuck girl in when I was in Korea and I kept fucking people over. I fucked over dudes in Korea, one, two specifically, that in ways that I've just never fucked over anyone before. And I'm just, I was just such a bitch. And I was like, I want to be free. I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to be attached. And I would tell them, you know, that this is a casual kind of thing. And if we are exclusively having sex with each other, I will let you know when I decide I am going to have sex with someone else. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of a when. And I respect you by telling you that it's going to happen. And then I think people assume that I am going to change. They think that they are the reason that I am going to be different. And then when I turn out to be exactly who the fuck I said with the intentions that I said I had, shit just gets kind of like blown up. So then after that, a couple of times, I was like, you know what? 72 fucking hours, 72 hours. We go out, we have so much fun. We have this crazy time together. And then you get on the plane and we remain Instagram friends and socialize. And then maybe we'll fucking run into each other and Timbuktu in a couple of years. And that's definitely happened. So it works for everyone. And this is the mindset I want. And this is one of the main facets that I love about our friendship is I like to like keep people around that inspire me and are things that I am not. 
you know, and like, maybe it goes both ways. Maybe you see parts in me that maybe you'd admire too, which I hope so, but <laughs> maybe not. That's uh, okay no. too. Maybe I'm just like a Care Bear <laughs> trash goblin. That's like, you know, inner feelings, but also a huge piece of shit too. And that's okay. Whatever. I am who I am. Um, where was I going with this? Uh... <laughs> we got kind of derailed, but essentially I was saying that I had this rule of, not wanting very intentionally being single and not wanting to be in a relationship while I was traveling because I didn't know where, you know, I wanted to go after my year was done. I didn't want that decision to be a unit decision, which is what happens when you get into these relationships. Now it's not, I can't just fuck off to Thailand. I have to figure out what Bay's doing. You know what I'm saying? And I just didn't want that for myself at that time. And I just, Instead of at the time really communicating, really communicating where I was at, I took the easier path of only interacting with men who were there for 72 hours. This wasn't the whole year, but this was some time. But it was, you know, it was fun. There was a German dude, there was a Jack Sparrow, there was a dude jean jacket. I mean, there were just like all these crazy cool fucking dudes from all over the world. And we meet and we spend this weekend together fucking gallivanting, having this adventure, no expectations, no ideas of we're going to have a future together. Just know we are here now and we are going to tear shit up and have so much fucking fun. And some of the memories I have from that, I mean, are just so fucking rich and the stories and yeah, the feeling of being able to connect with so many different people from all over the world. You know, sometimes it was sexual, sometimes it wasn't. True. Which maybe that's the difference too of like meeting people organically versus online. Online, I feel like I have maybe more of a filter. I'm like, okay, mm. you're just passing through. Maybe you just want to use me for like a one nighter. I don't know. I feel like because of COVID, I've been mainly meeting people online. Mm. So maybe that also accredits to my filter of dudes at the moment, but we'll definitely. See. I mean, although the first time I ever had Bumble, I was in Korea actually, and it was right after Halloween and I decided to make one. And when I was in Korea, whenever I would get pissed drunk, I would go and sit in the big piles of trash that you see on the street. And there was, you know, one pile that had like kind of a fucked up recliner or beer boxes. And so I would just go sit in these piles of trash and my friends would take pictures. And so I got this nickname Trash Panda. And when I started a Bumble, I put all of the photos of me in trash. And then with like a couple thirst trappy photos and my bio just said, I'm trash. <laughs> That's your approach. That was my approach. And I can't even tell you the success that it brought me. I mean, the responses I got from that, it was like, if you can't fucking take this joke and realize that I'm 100% not trash, <laughs> then we have no business hanging out. <laughs> Some dudes would be like, wow, you're actually like, you're not trash at all. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. I know I'm not fucking trash. What do you Amazing. want a gold star? <laughs> want a cookie? Well, you're not trash. Okay. Wow. <laughs> People who are trash don't know they're fucking trash. They sure as shit don't admit okay, to it. <laughs> period. A period to that queen. Shit. Anyways, that was my beginning of my, my I've dated Bumble some experience. absolute 
waste receptacles that did not understand that they were 100% non-compostable trash going to be on our oceans. Non-biodegradable. Plastic particles being breathed into dolphins across the world, except for dolphins don't even breathe water, but it's okay. They're going to be inhaling it. It's fine plastics, whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. So now that we are on the topic of dating in Korea, I certainly have a fucking shit ton of stories, but actually what I'm more interested in is this idea of travel husbands. This term is used in the travel community to essentially describe the type of relationship that happens when you meet someone traveling and you spend a couple weeks together or a couple months together, or you decide to travel for a little bit of time together, but essentially that's what your relationship is. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to, you know, transfer over into a relationship where you're going to each other's home countries, or like I said, making those unit decisions to travel together and to be together. Um, because when you're in the travel community, people are just doing what the fuck they want to do. There's a reason people are traveling. And a lot of times they don't want to change their plans or their route for other people. And there's this kind of acceptance of that. There's this acceptance of we're here now. I'm doing this. I'm going this way and you're going that way. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be able to connect and be intimate with each other now. And I've actually personally, I've found that the intimacy is almost greater sometimes because there, first of all, aren't these harsh expectations. We're not planning the future. We're not, you know, calculating in our head. Oh, could I be with this person forever? Is my dad going to like him? Um, you know, Oh, this, this little quirk about him bothers me. You know, we're not fixated on that shit because it doesn't matter because we're not trying to get married. We're just experiencing each other. And so for that reason, you're able to kind of drop into this intimate space of openness and authenticity a lot quicker. And also there's this expiration date, right? So we also have that term expiration date relationships. And there is this ending at some point. So I feel like people don't sleep on their connections. You know, if you have something to say, if you want to do something, you just fucking send it. And it's amazing. It, it, it's at least taught me to be very present in my relationships and also to not live in the future so far. But that's definitely something that traveling and having these connections has taught me now in my just regular life. But Olivia here (laughs) has just gotten to Korea six months ago. Pretty early in, Liv met who we are going to call Army Boy. We could totally call him by his real name, I think. But I'm just loving this whole like nickname thing, the process of coming up with a nickname for somebody that it's kind of an inside joke. Like I know that they know why we picked this nickname. And sometimes it's, you know, it's kind of cheeky. And anyways, when there's smashing involved, there's going to be nicknames. (laughs) Plotus, we smashed. (laughs) You dirty slut. Uh, Yeah, yeah. 
So Liv met Army Boy pretty early on, right? Via Bumble. Yeah, I was... Okay, so I came to Korea in December 2020. And if anyone has heard any rumors about the year 2020, um, it was a shit show. And so this was the year, 2020, that I decided my New Year's resolution was, hey... I'm going to get my shit together and I'm going to finally go to Korea after talking about it with Lauren many years prior. And uh, I picked a really good year to try to do this, right? Ha ha. Fucking no. dumb bimbo. I know. <laughs> the the dumbest bimbo that ever bimboed, I know. Um, anyway, so I set that goal in January and it didn't come to fruition until December 2020. But you know what? I was really satisfied because I made the cutoff. It was my New Year's resolution. I did it. Mm-hmm. So I got here like December like 12th and then I met him on Bumble December 16th. Wait, are you serious? Serious. Yes. Holy shit. I thought it was at least a month or so in. No. So that adds to the story. Right. Right. So we started talking then. Um, and then we were messaging, just having a good time. But I was also talking to many other people on Bumble also. And eventually you wanted to talk on the phone. We talked on the phone. We had a good time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, tell, tell us about meeting Army Boy. And the thing is, is when you guys met, I remember you telling me, oh, but he's leaving in June and he's obviously in the army. So I was thinking, oh, June, that's so far from now. And knowing you, I was like, he, you're going to be so fucking sick of this guy by then. Why are you even concerned? (laughs) And here we are in June and army boys last weekend in Korea is this coming weekend. And that's why we are having this conversation now to kind of see where you're at, where you've been, where you're at. And then we're going to do an update in a month or so from now and see what's going on in your head then. So yeah, just start at the beginning and tell us all about Army Boy. Please do not leave out any of the details, especially the ones concerning him tongue punching your fart box. (laughs) Okay, I won't. Um, Yeah, so we met when I was, what, four days into Korea? Mm -hmm. Um, And the only reason why we matched at the time I was being really picky because I'm like, oh, I'm in a new country. I have, you know, everyone at my fingertips. So my like distance on Bumble was pretty small. But, you know, the universe may have you that he was in a place called Yongsan. They have like a beautiful tower, which we ended up going up in and What's funny is he actually lived there from age like six to seven, six to eight, because his dad was also, yeah, his dad was also in the army. So he's like, yo, I'd like mm-hmm. to go up in the tower. But anyway, so he was doing some stuff for the army in Yongsan, and that's where we met when I was in my bed on Bumble in quarantine, stuck in this apartment in this new country. Right. And we started talking. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that he fucking desperate ass they call it like a suicide swipe which i didn't even know the name until he told me and like you fucking would but he was suicide swiping which is where you just like swipe on everyone and see what sticks like a fucking fly trap i'm like wow my ex in korea did that as well. yeah i'm like like, do you have no do you have no filter but that's the difference between men and women i guess the bar is on the ground the bar is like (laughs) underground i'm like dude it's it's underground it's literally a fly trap you want a fly trap it's like i chose you and yet i am a fly trap great that's great to know anyway but i stuck to the fly you've been fly trapped i am i'm lord of the flies that's me but so i messaged him i'm like bored of shit in quarantine i'm like you're not special but so he had a picture on a ski lift and 
and I ski a little bit because it's the one hobby I've somehow maintained. I have no other ones, but somehow my... I'm glad you have a hobby. I, me too, because otherwise people would find me wildly uninteresting, I guess. I don't know. That's another story. Um, but And so I just messaged him. I'm like, ski or snowboard? He's like, oh, yeah, snowboard, of course. I'm like, wait, so skiers don't need love? He's like, yeah, if you're on the ski lift, you got my respect. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is a dude, bro. Like, whatever. I don't care. You know, but we start talking. I'm like, hey, it's kind of a vibe. So we decide that we want to meet up. And he cannot leave very far from the army base because he's supposed to be sort of on call at all times. So I have this apartment in Seoul that I just got that I first time living on my own. I would love to have this be the bachelor pad, have Chris Harrison roll up and divvy out roses to all the men, all my suitors, whatever. But the man that I'm kind of talking to cannot come. So he says, Hey, there's kind of a loophole. Maybe you could, come and we could meet up at this hotel and like okay that's kind of sus but is it the Yongsung army hotel not even Yongsung. uh so his base is near a stop on the dark blue line called bosan not busan not trained to busan but bosan um is it near osan good question it's far as fuck. Yeah, no? it takes me two hours to get there. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I have to interject. I have a fucking story. Do it. About that Give me. Army base. Give me. <laughs> so I had grossly fucked over this guy that I was seeing. And I was, we were sleeping together. I told he was getting serious. I did not want to get serious. And instead of being a nice person, I totally fucking blew it up. And I ended up making out with this random army guy in front of him and all of our friends. I mean, it was fucking terrible. I was a very bad person, not a bad person. That was a bad decision. And I really hurt this man's feelings and I don't want to be a monster. Anyways, it's fine because karma kicked me in the twat. Okay. So the next weekend, this guy who I called him at the time born as in Jason born, because when I met him and I was fucked up, I thought he looked like Jason born. So then the next weekend, I'm out and I'm with my girl and we're dancing and Bourne messages me and is wanting me to come to the army base. And I'm realizing like how fucking far this is. And I was like, I do not want to pay for a cab, but I also kind of want to go. And he says, okay, it's fine. Like I'll pay for it. I was like, fucking sweet. So I get in this cab. I go fucking far as shit to get to this man's house in literally the middle of the fucking night. And I get there. He doesn't look like Jason Bourne. He looks like a completely different person. When I saw him this time, I was Did he catfish you or were you fucked up shocked. the first time? I was fucked up. I mean, obviously I was drunk enough to make out with him in front of the guy who I'd been seeing for, you know, a month or so and all oh, of our friends. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't my best look at all. This is one of the, my train wreck dating stories so I get there and we end up hooking up and I kind of was taking a nap and I wake up and he is literally sitting naked on the couch balls out with his fucking feet just spread up on the table watching fucking football as if we had been married for 40 fucking years and I was just like what but me I stumble to the toilet to pee and I fucking sit down. And not only had he not put the seat down, 
but he had not flushed the fucking no. toilet. Yeah. I fell in a fucking toilet full of bright yellow piss. And I got so annoyed. I, and I thought, and he told me that there was no train going from there to Seoul. So what ended up happening? I had to get a fucking taxi. And who ended up paying for that taxi back? Me. And it was like over $100. It was fucking stupid. And then I fucking got a UTI and no. BV. Oh, my God. And I assume it's because I fell into the toilet of his piss. So, because you dipped yes, your genitals I, into his dehydrated piss, you sloshed them around mm-hmm. like a tea bag, just like marinating them in his dirty toilet piss bowl, nose seat, just like chunky dunk that punani into the piss water. That's great, Lauren. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, so that was fucking full ass karma for being a bitch. And I can admit that. So, anyways, that was my Ulsan story. And um Really so happy that I got past that. Okay, side note, um, I will I will say that I think being a skinny person gives you privilege in life. You know, the worst thing that can happen to you generally is, oh my God, someone tells you to eat a cheeseburger. I wish someone told me that because I told myself that, but it would be nice <laughs> if someone told me that instead of me to myself. Bitch, go eat a cheeseburger. I will. Thank A vegan one. Thank you. I will. Um, but one of the privileges of being a little bit of a wide load is if I have raw dogged a toilet bowl, my butthole, my gooch, my punani, my urethra Franklin has not dipped into a bowl of lemon lime dehydrated piss Gatorade before that has reacted in my body getting a BV or a UTI. So you know what? I'm down with the thickness. Thank you, universe. Yeah, down with the thickness. Yeah, I've I have fallen in many toilets before, but this was the only time. I Everyone's like, "Oh, did you fall in?" I'm like, "No." Wait, does, is that a thing? Like, I've always joked about like sitting like raw dogging a toilet bowl. Like, "Oh, you fall in?" I'm like, "No." Do people do that? And then I realize like small people actually <laughs> oh, do. Yeah. I have fucking stumbled to the bathroom many a times and fallen in. Most of the time, it's just water, which yeah. I'm, not, I'm still yeah. annoyed, but I'm not pissed off. But this time, I mean, when I fell into his piss, I swear I've never been more I would- horrified. I I literally got out of the taxi taxi in Hongdae when he dropped me off after paying like 115 bucks or some shit to get back from this terrible escapade. And these three dudes were walking by and said something to me and I literally just looked at them and I said don't <laughs> just like don't fucking talk to me yeah I am done yeah so I actually got back to my apartment and my girl who sent me was actually in my bed naked with a Korean man who was also naked and it was a total shock to find them there but I'm ultimately so glad that I did or else I would have probably been so just depressed and angry with myself all day and instead we just went to brunch and laughed about it okay was this the girl that you said is like a version of me and why was she in your bed yes why was she in your bed <laughs> because I lived in Hongdae and I never locked my apartment. I mean, my, my heart, like, yeah. apartment was, and you know, Korea is safe as shit. So my apartment was always open and it was the dungeon. It was referred to as the dungeon. And I can't tell you how many times I showed up at the dungeon and there were people sleeping on my floor who I did not know. And in my bed, one time there was five of us in my little bitty, tiny Korean 
bed and there were people on the floor. The dungeon was the crash pad. Pretty much everyone knew okay. about so it was, it was the spot stay in the dungeon. It was the spot. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a nice, it was such a great thing to find her there with a naked Korean man because I just, it was a good laugh considering what I had just been through. Imagine if you so and anyways, I were there together. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm kind of grateful that we're not. Oh no. Oh no. It would be so bad. It would be so bad. We'd be like making out in the clubs and all the Koreans would be like, Whoa! okay, I still want that. Okay, so back to your story. Thank you for letting me. Of course, me that was that there. was a really appropriate interjection. <laughs> Interjections, our excitement, our emotion. Um, anyone schoolhouse rock? No. Oh, schoolhouse rock at conjunction function. What's your function? <laughs> okay, time for me to open my shampoo. Okay, I finished my coffee. So, mm. woo! Wow, that was a lot. Yeah, and I don't have orange juice, but I do have freshly squeezed oranges so i'm making a real natural mimosa yes for those of you at home if you also have champagne and some fresh squeezed oranges i invite you to join us now in this holy wow mimosas with fresh oranges just hit different i usually drink mimosas with regret but with fresh oranges it'd probably be good with regret what the fuck is regret (laughs) Oh, like actual regret. You've never heard of like, regret? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Just regret. What the fuck is that? Like, so honestly. <laughs> She's literally so confused. She's never heard of it before in her life. Regret? What is, what is that? Oh my, what? Are you speaking Korean to me right now? <laughs> I don't understand this word. I've, I've, it's not. I don't usually either, but I've been studying it recently. Anyway, interesting. Anyways, back to the motherfucking point. He lives two hours away. Mm -hmm. It takes two hours for you to get to where he is. Then what? Yeah. So, um, okay. The first time we hung out, took a two-hour train there. It was like freezing cold outside. He didn't even know what his subway station was so he sent me to the wrong one and then the wrong one again and then ended up taking a taxi to meet this guy that i'd never met before at a hotel i was super sketched out about it i wasn't even sure like was it a sex hotel i mean i didn't know this at the time but based on what you've told me after the fact it probably definitely was considering the fact that no one has ever complained about our music or monkey sex sounds that have happened at this hotel. Like it has to be a sex hotel. Oh, they are. I mean, most of the little hotels like that are sex hotels. Some of them you can pay hourly or just one night, but there's also themed ones. There's ones that have like mirrors everywhere. There's literally a sex hotel that's like ramen themed. I mean, you basically slip sleep in a giant fucking ramen sculpture. I mean, just shit like that. So the sex hotels, good, good fun. Go to as many as possible when you're okay. In Korea. Well, I plan on it. And um, the rooms were like sort of themed. Some of them were, some of them were not. It wasn't super aggressively sex hotel themed anyway. So I get there and I hug him like, oh, hi. And now I'm like, all right, how's this day going to go? I'm like, I'm picturing how it's going to go. I'm like, I've never met him. Maybe we go to dinner and then we drink and talk and have a good time. And then eventually we will kiss, right? That's not what happened. So I get into this hotel room 
and I'm kind of setting my stuff down. And this man has not had sex in over a year. Woo! Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah, he has not had sex in over a year. And so, you know, he's in the army. Like, he was had a breakup before this, you know, just like a lot of shit. We talk for a little bit, and then he goes straight from the makeout. And I'm very nervous. I am seeing this man in the flesh for the first time. We have not gone to dinner. We have not gotten drinks. We are just getting here. And he goes to the makeout. And I'm very nervous. And then, like, somehow my shirt comes off. I am, whoa, this is a lot. Um, and so I say, hey, let's slow down. Let's get some beers. We can chill for a sec. And he says, are you sure? And he says, I can eat you out. I say, no. Let's go get some beers. And so we go get some beers and then we talk and we're sitting on the ground in this hotel, this Korean sex hotel that I don't realize is a sex hotel. But it's a great conversation. I have a great time. We get really intimate. Conversationally, we get very intimate. And eventually we decide that we are going to hook up and then we do. But we had decided that, you know, he is leaving and that. I have bigger career goals than being a wife and he has bigger career goals than being a husband. So we decide this from the start, but feelings happen and then it becomes complicated. But we had also decided that we would not be super mega monogamous. I introduced that concept Mm. to him. He had never thought of it before. His girlfriend before me had cheated on him when he was in basic training So he was going through that trauma. And when I had brought it up to him that, you know, life can be lived in intimate relationships without being in this box of monogamy where you can't accidentally make out with someone at a bar, which if you're anyone Mm -hmm. like myself or Lauren Mordachini, you realize is actually an accident. (laughs) It's... (laughs) If, if making out was an Olympic sport, bitch, we would be gold medalists. True. This is true. Call me Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting what you're saying about the cheating and the trauma that he was dealing with. Because recently I've kind of realized that it's actually not being physical with other people that hurts the person we love or that we are dating or whatever. It's really not. It's the fucking communication. Mm. It's the lying. It's the cheating. It's the deception. That's what fucks people up. And that's what, you know, makes it cheating is that you're not being honest about it. And I don't know. And, you know, seeing how you guys have related these past six months where, I mean, and you'll get into it in a minute where you have been more open and, I think it's worked great, no? Yeah. And that's why this is so hard because he's leaving very soon. And, you know, normally when you are in a relationship, when things end, at least you can look forward to a new beginning, you know, meeting new people, being free, all these things. But I have that now and more. I have all of these beautiful things, plus the love of someone like him that first of all I've never felt before I've never been with someone as long as I've been with him it's I've it's never been this I told him I said you have you've outlasted most people and you're actually in my league for once you're around my age 
you know, you're amazing. You have goals. We have the same idea on relationships. It's amazing. And so that's why it almost makes us, it's easier, but also harder because, you know, there's no loss, there's no gain. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird spot to be in. Yeah. It's just going to be, I mean, his absence. Yeah. Right. What's interesting is that I am, I feel like I have always been the person to be leaving. And honestly, I think it is a lot easier to be the one leaving in some ways, right? Because at least when I go, there's this transition, there's this plane ride, there's this, there's new surroundings, there's new people. I'm in a new schedule, in a new routine, in a new place, and there's all this newness. But for the people that I leave behind, it sucks because everything's still the very same for them, except for my presence. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's that's another thing that's getting brought up, is that I had left people before. I said, "Yo, I need to go do this thing," and I know that my relationships with these people back home were not going to work out for one way or another. So I found the easiest way to end these things, even though we had soul connections, was to be like, "Look, I need to go pursue this, that, the other thing," and moving abroad is part of it. I had left these people before and felt kind of less remorse for it. And now I'm on the other side. And so not only do I love Mm -hmm. him and he's leaving me. And even though everything's consensual, everything's good. It's like, you know, that hurts in its own right. But it's also picking these scabs of people that I have fucked over in the past too. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of a lot. Yeah. The beautiful thing though, I think one of my favorite things about what you're going through right now, and it took me a long time to realize why this was so special is because these types of relationships that I've had that have ended like this are not ended. They're not ending. It's just shifting relationships that I've had that have had to shift in this way are some of my longest relationships. And it's not, we don't talk every day, you know, we're not in relationship where, but we see other people, but, and it's not just like we're Facebook friends. We, check in on each other. We talk, we update about each other's lives and we, you know, see, we check in and see what parts of the world we're each on. And then sometimes we're brought back together. Many times we're brought back together. You know, that's the thing about traveling like this and connecting with people this way. You realize just how small the world is, but also how big it is compared to you, but just how small it is in the sense that you, the people that you connect with, there's a reason you connect with them. And it's crazy when you have this connection with someone in the Philippines for a couple days, and then you fucking run into them in Bali years later. And it's this just beautiful ongoing connection that never got put into the box of not only monogamy, but the kind of mundane shit of life. You know, you never had to Talk about going to the fucking grocery store or cleaning the toilet or taking little fucking Jimmy to soccer practice. You never had to deal with soccer moms together or cleaning the house. I mean, all of the shit that like really just runs couples fucking dry and makes them bored to tears of each other and of themselves and of their lives, essentially. You just really never have to do that shit. And you, every time you see each other, it's so exciting. It's new. You've missed each other and you take the time that you are together it's a sacred fucking space and then there's also I think for me because I am definitely someone who 
I do have a lot of feelings and I like to dive into them. So me doing a lot of the shit that I do, it's not because I'm cold or hard or, or blocked off from love. It's actually because I really find a lot of value in these feelings that are quote unquote unpleasant. So this feeling of saying goodbye, it sucks, but it's something that I really value that feeling of saying goodbye, what's coming up. And then there is something beautiful in the longing. There is something so beautiful in the longing and choosing to remain in each other's lives in some way and support each other in some way, even while not being together. And then those relationships that kind of come out of the, on the other side of that longing where you make, you have intentional dis- like decisions to meet each other. It's even fucking better. It's even better when you meet the second time because we're like, this connection is just as real as I always believed it, it to be, you know? So there is so much beauty in what you're going through right now, even though I can definitely, I've never fucking seen you this unwell in regards to a man. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Shit. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. And that's what my mom said too. She was like, the good thing is, is that you're not going to be around each other long enough for it to get stale and then fade that way. And that's another thing that I've kind of realized, you know, through this is that even when relationships are so beautiful and so amazing and so perfect in every way, and that's where we're at now, you know, it's going to hurt regardless, whether it hurts because you have to cut it off early and that's going to hurt, which is where we're at now. Or it's going to hurt down the line because shit gets stale, <laughs> you know, which it will. That's life, yeah. you know? So, but we do plan on, you know, we're not planning on being together long distance. We both agreed on that, but we did agree on, um, you know, continuing to love each other and meeting up in whatever distance we're at. It's really cool. Can I ask you, because I want to ask you about both of you dating other people, you know, once you separate, but I'm actually interested to hear about kind of the arrangement that you guys have set up because I know you have seen other people and I don't think he has, right? I don't know if he really even has the time. Yeah, no, he does not have the time as far as I know. And I think we are mature enough and have a close enough relationship to where he would tell me if he did. Uh, but I also did tell him that if he did, I do not want to know. I told, I told him this, I'm too soft. I like to pretend that I am a bad bitch all the time, but I love him and I cannot deal. I don't want to know. So God, that's so interesting. I know. Yeah. Because you are such a hard exterior, like such a bad bitch. And even I was talking with your mom weeks ago about you were on a date with someone else and somebody else, I think it might've been our friend Skip. He was like, doesn't she love army boy? And Rach and I are just like, yeah, she does. That's literally why she's on this fucking date <laughs> because she's preparing for him to leave and trying to get her mind off of it. So you definitely like to push down those soft honey nut filios, but at least you do acknowledge them, which I respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting spot to be in, to be so into non-monogamy. Like that's the main mindset that I have. I cannot picture putting myself only into one box. Uh, for instance, he, we had a few weeks where he could not see me because of a COVID outbreak near the base. Uh, the base said that the nearby town wanted them to stay on base so they cannot spread 
in order to not spread COVID, which I respect that. So for those reasons, he could not leave. So we spent three weeks apart. And in that time, I met up with two men. I met up with, let's call him Mexico. Let's call him South Korea. I'm doing a world tour. It's a small world after all. And so I did these things and army boy wanted to know army boy is so strong. He's, he said, tell me what happened. And I told him what happened. And both of them were laughable stories on their own. And these stories are what make me feel free and make me feel like myself. And so Mm -hmm. I was so grateful to have had this man that I love with my entire heart, but I can also be free on my own time to do these things and not only do them, but tell them to my best friend and the man that I'm fully in love with. Like, wow, you get the best of both worlds. Best of both take a show. I'm Hannah Montana in Korea, literally. Uh, but you literally are Hannah Montana in Korea. I am. I am. But I, I cannot deal with the idea of him dating someone else. Like I, like I, I can be a, a badass in myself. But there's, mm. I, I told him, I said, you can do whatever you want. I, I can't deal with it though. So that's interesting because in talking about open relationships and different boundaries that work for different people and different structures, I know that for me personally, I want to know. I want to know everything. I mean, I am, I've kind of always been that way in things that hurt me. I mean, the first time I was ever cheated on, I wanted to know every single detail. And I think back then it was a bit darker in the sense that there was something about that pain. And now I've kind of realized that there's a lot of learning in it for me. And I'm really actually interested to explore those feelings of jealousy or insecurity, but it's a fucking lot. And picturing the person that you're with, with someone else, that is something I'm not sure if that will ever be easy right? I mean, I saw kombucha recently and, you know, we are talking about how he is sleeping with someone new and I'm happy for him. I mean, I don't want him to sit there and pine over me, you know, when I've told, when our, our just, our intentions don't really align. We're still extremely close, still love each other so much. And I do love him so much. So I want him to be happy whether that be in a relationship or just having some type of physical connection with someone. But the idea of like, it makes me shiver. The idea of him sleeping with someone else, looking at someone else the way he looks at me. And that goes for a lot of my partners, ex-partners. It's interesting to kind of address those feelings, but I am definitely the kind of person I want to know everything. Yeah. I was listening to your podcast actually. And I love commenting to myself as I listen to your podcast it makes me laugh and but you were saying something about you said do I really want him pining for me forever after we have ceased and I said yes yes I do (laughs) to myself as I'm washing my dishes in Korea you're like do I want him pining for me forever and being sad over me no I was like yes (laughs) so uh but this is also part of my growing up process I'm growing I'm changing I'm you know miles before I was before and this is all part of my growth but Mm -hmm. for now I do not want dude if he makes out with someone else I do not want to know I am soft shell crab (laughs) 
I'm a cancer and a Leo. I'm a badass lion and also a soft shell crab. I, and I'm trying to make sense of it. So. Oops. <laughs> Did you just knock over your shit? It was empty, but yeah. Another thing I think that is extremely interesting and kind of unrelated, but very interesting about your connection with Army Boy is that you went all the way to fucking Korea to meet a, an Army Boy from fucking Tennessee. Me too. Me too. Uh, And the thing is, too, is actually when she went to Korea, I was like, stay away from the army boys. I have had enough of them for the both of us. And it's just never it's just never good. They have such a bad reputation in fucking Seoul. Um, I'm not sure if they still I know that their curfew got pushed back, but the army dudes have a fucking curfew in Seoul. So like Itaewon, the major party area, after 10 or 11 o'clock, the fucking soldier boys have to go home. Right. And so I met some at the different times where, because they can tell there was actual army officers that come out, picture this American fully decked out army people stomping the streets of fucking Itaewon and coming into bars scoping people out looking for other military army people it's fucking that in and of itself is fucking insane that we are in a foreign fucking country and there's american soldiers stomping around that shit and i would be out with my korean friends and they would just be like why the fuck are you here like go away essentially but the army boys have a curfew because they started just causing so many problems. They would go into these bars and they would fight. I mean, they'd just be drunk and fucking stupid. And they eventually got a curfew put on them because they couldn't fucking handle themselves. These are the people who are out there fighting for our country. Thank you for your service. However, fucking do better. They don't really make us look that great. Not that the teachers made us look that much better because we were all just fucking idiots. But we definitely, sometimes we would, I would be hanging out with army boys and we would like roll their jeans up and roll their sleeves up and maybe like put a fucking something around their neck and necklace. And it'd be like, you look like a teacher. You look just hipster enough to be a teacher. So I wish it's funny that you decided to go out there and up with all the, you know, all the options in the world a an army boy from tennessee i love right but here's the thing with all the options in the world you had all the bars in seoul and all the everything you could ever do i was stuck in my apartment this is where i found him i was in my bed with a heater that i thought was broken that was actually not freezing my ass off in my bed four days into korea not even sure how to uh, deliver food. So on my trek to go get a COVID test, I snuck into a coffee bean and tea leaf and filled out my hydrofossil coffee and also maybe got some tall cans and some cup of noodles. And uh, yeah, then I met him. Uh, so it's definitely a completely different situation. But I, as much as I hate the fact that I fell for a American country boy, what I'm realizing about myself is there is something so comforting about relating to someone from your home country. As much as I act like I'm Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, like loving like everyone from every country. And I do. And I'm still open to the idea of dating Koreans and whoever else. We related very hard because we are from the same country. And we found out later that our cultures are actually very different. 
because he's from Tennessee mm. and I'm from California. And that became an issue later. But anyway, we worked through it and brought us closer, of course. But long story short, let me tell you what's happening this weekend. So this is so today is uh, about to be Friday in Korea. It's Friday now, I guess, 3.41 a.m. on Friday. <laughs> so uh, I have work in, you know, however many hours. So this is supposed to be our last weekend together in Korea before he heads back to Georgia. Uh. Right. And so originally we were supposed to spend the weekend together in my apartment in Seoul. And so originally he had told me, he's like, look, um, they keep closer tabs on everyone for their last weekend. Maybe you should come out to Boson and we can spend the weekend together. I said, okay, fine. No problem. I can do that. And then he found out that uh, we found this out on Monday after I'd just seen him on Sunday and had a complete mental breakdown is another story. We found out on Monday that he has to work on Saturday and Sunday. Right. <gasps> yeah. Oh, the cunts. Yeah, right. So. Fuck, so what's going to happen? I don't know. Um, so there's a few options. So if he if they get all their things done on Saturday, he can tell me on Saturday and I can come out two hours away and meet him and we can stay the night together on Saturday night and then enjoy our time together on Sunday. And then he will go back to his base and then I'll take a two-hour sad train ride back and that will be it. Um, that's going to be the saddest fucking train ride of your life. I know gonna, you're literally going to be in a movie and listening to like sad music. Not that really hard shit that you listen to all the time. Actually, I have a ton of sad playlists. That's my shit. So I, I could send you I know to you. dude, before I even get into this weekend, the last weekend. So he left on Sunday and I was feeling sad and I was like, all right, let me just lean into this. So I just listened to Lana Del Rey. I'm like, let me take a walk. Mm-hmm. I listened to Lana. I found a spot in the river. I was just enjoying it. I was watching all of our videos together and it made everything astronomically worse. At, like it just <laughs> sent me into a spiral. I was not doing well. I was just trying to process it and purge it. And I get back and I talk to my mom and her and I have a good conversation. She's being amazing. She was so affected by it. She was so upset when you really? guys got off the phone. She just, was she, she just felt your pain. Oh, was she really? Yeah, fucking rage. She really what did was. She, say? she was. She was just trying not to tear Aww. up, and she was trying to be strong for you. Aww. But you know, she's never seen you like this. None of us have. I mean, bitch, put on her close friend story a fucking piece of paper that was literally scribbled up with. I will be fine. Oh, I am me. okay. Yeah. I am okay. I thought you were talking about my mom. Yeah, no, I did that. No, you did. And Rach and I are just like, oh God, poor Liv. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> oh, it's not good. It's not good. It's it's uh she's not fine. She's not fine. But I was trying to purge my feelings and process after he left. I was like, let me manifest okayness let me embrace my feelings good for you but it backfired and I spiraled and I talked to my mom and then after we hung up I was still listening to songs remind me of him and I ended up like gagging into the toilet I was not okay gagging like throwing I almost threw up yeah oh baby yeah not good anyway where was I going with the story okay so that happened but we were supposed to see each other and then now um i'm not sure if it's going to happen and if it does so you don't know if it doesn't happen saturday night can it happen at no. all? no so we decided tonight that if i cannot see him 
on Saturday evening until Sunday and enjoying Sunday, it should not happen at all, which is good in a way, because I told him, I said, I've been dreading two things. I have been dreading life here in Korea without you, because I do not know Korea without him. My dad had asked me, he says, oh, how, how are things going? I said, I'm doing amazing. I love my job. I love my friends. I love Korea. Things are going great. He says, oh yeah. Also you have your boy. That's great too. And I told him, I said, oh, well, yeah, but I'm happy without him trying to be a bad bitch and acknowledge the fact that I'm happy regardless of relationship, which I am. However, I told, mm-hmm. I told army boy tonight, I told him, I said, I don't know Korea without you. I don't. And that's scary. And I know I will be okay, but it sucks having to transition to that anyway. But I told him today, I said, in a way, I almost am excited for you to leave and just get that like band-aid over with so that I can start healing because Mm -hmm. I cannot start healing and feeling better until you go. And there are moments and days where I feel better about it and I'm like, okay with it. And, you know, they just get picked open whenever I think about it and mm-hmm. I just kind of like, you know, in the movies, what is it? Just go, just get out of here. Just, just leave. Just, just go. go already. Just yeah. So, you know, last weekend we ended with the idea that I would see him again. So we ended on a good note mostly until I had a mental breakdown, but that's on me. Um, so, so yeah, seeing him this weekend would be a very different, vibe. Be very traumatic. It's going to be very fucking sad. I know I've had, God, I've had so many of these <laughs> these final nights, um, and they're they're rough, but they're also very passionate, very beautiful. I hope you guys do get that time because there's a lot of there's a lot of really beautiful things that happen and and things that you say to each other that you want to say before you leave. And obviously, I mean, I've seen your sex videos and pictures. <laughs> so. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. We have the raunchiest group chat that exists on this planet with Liv and I, Maddie, and our friend Alex. And I mean, not only do we get videos of <laughs> Liv plucking her nipple hairs, but also <laughs> I have I have an arsenal of army boy eating your snack. <laughs> Yes, I just want to thank him for his service for this country, country, you know. <laughs> I mean, the vids and the pics that I've received from this relationship will forever live in a very special place in my heart. And I am very sad to see those coming to an end. Me too. And then this boy, his goals are to be a Green Beret crazy fight al-qaeda fight the sex rings in thailand i'm like dude can you just be a secretary a librarian something (laughs) safe he's literally the sweetest teddy bear of my entire life and also a crazy uh, sexual partner also which you realize from this group chat and that's fun that i could share that with you guys but uh, he wants to go do these crazy things and that's his gift and that's amazing but also not only am I worried about us separating because I've never been closer to anyone in my life as far as like a romantic relationship goes but also he wants to go do this crazy ass dear John shit I'm like call me Amanda Seyfried because I'm freaking nervous and it sucks I'm like can you just do something safe but 
Anyway. Dear John. Uh, yeah, literally. So mm-hmm. you know the Taylor Swift song. Oh, yeah, about John Nicknayer. Yeah. Yeah, squeeze that juice. It sounds like I'm peeing, but I'm actually just she's peeing. Um, squeezing more orange juice. She's literally squeezing wow, lemon. That looks fucking luscious. Looks labialicious. Looks labialicious. <laughs> I love the ASMR of that. I mean, just oh. my drinks are gone. Should I get another one? Yeah. Okay. People who listen to this podcast probably think I am a raging alcoholic. Are you not? <laughs> I mean, a couple of drinks a day is not alcoholism. I don't think. My doctor told me that I drink like I drink more than three day or three a week in total. I'm an alcoholic, so call me an alcoholic. I'm sorry, three a week. Yeah, three. If you drink more than three a day. Or three a week. Like you can either have three in one sitting in one day or three over the course of a week and you're an alcoholic. I'm like, bitch, I don't know math, but I'm pretty sure I'm an alcoholic by like tenfold. <laughs> um, have you tried Mockley? Mockley? What yeah. is that? What? Mockley, what is that? Yeah. So soju, which is what everyone drinks in Korea, they put it in their beer, they shoot it. It is fucking dangerous. And when you first get there, I feel like everyone kind of starts off on the flavored ones, but then you realize the fucking amount of sugar in there and the hangovers are violent. So you drink the regular soju and then they've got the normal one. And then they've got the one that's like 60. It's the red cap fucking dangerous shit. I mean, this stuff is deadly, but we love it. And it's so inexpensive. So it's basically fermented rice wine, essentially. And Mockley is in the barrel where the soju kind of rises and becomes the clearer liquid. The Mockley is at the bottom of the barrel. So it's like the milkier, thicker of the fermented rice wine. And it is so good. It's about a dollar at any store. It's in the green bottles. I know you've seen it. Um, there's different flavors. And if you go to different places, they have different flavors of Makali. And this shit, I used to walk around with bottles of it when I first got there and didn't realize like, how ridiculous I looked because they actually drink it out of these kind of silver bowls when they drink it. And this shit tastes so good. It fucking goes down so easily. But I have never in my life blacked out the way that Makali made me black out. The first time I ever broke my foot was due to Mockley because I climbed onto the top of my apartment building, which had another level on the top and thought that I could fly. And there was an American there and a Russian there and the American swore he was going to catch me and he fucking didn't. So I broke my foot. But then did I do it again to prove that I could? Yes. But the Russian man caught me. So... Anyways, that's Mockley. Twice in one night, you tried to break your foot? Well, I did break my foot the first jump. It was fucked. I had a cast literally in August. In Korea. In fucking hot ass Korea. I had a fucking cast on my foot and had to use my crutches. It was a serious fucking nightmare. Did I still go out and still go to the clubs? Yes, I did. And you know, the basement clubs, like I would literally go down the stairs with my fucking crutches and my, my boot. I mean, nothing was stopping me. Lauren, it's a godsend that I did not get my shit together for us to be together. And also maybe a godsend that I came with the buffer zone that is coronavirus because I have been here for seven Mm -hmm. months 
And as far as basement bars, like I've been in maybe two or three. See, that's mad. Yeah. That's I went to two or three probably in my first 24 hours yeah. there. And then basically lived at them. I mean, I, the bars are so – the bars, the restaurants, all of the things there are just so unique. Everything has their own little style. The music is great. I mean, it's just so cool. There's just endless amounts of shit to explore. Endless amount of places to get in fucking trouble. And this is what I need to hear. Apparently, they're changing the – Korean rules for bars. As of now, you are not allowed to congregate in groups of four or more. In an apartment, in a bar, nowhere, you are legally supposed to be in groups of four or more. And also the bars and restaurants close at 10. This is what I came to Korea in, right? And so now apparently um, it's changing from four to nine and midnight. So, oh, oh my God, it's getting crazy out here. And maybe I can get vaccinated next month. So I'm looking wow. forward to, I'm like, I'm not going to see this man anymore. I love him so much, but I'm trying to look forward to the future and that I will be able to actually see this country. That's a yeah. good thing. Because in hindsight, it's going to very much be, you know, Army Boy was the first chapter really. Yeah. And kind of set it out on a good foot. You've gotten to explore. You've gotten to do a lot of cool cultural things. You've learned a little bit of the language because you haven't been um, able to just go out and be a degenerate 24-7. And then when everything opens back up, you're going to have your footing. You're going to know how to get around. And you're, you're going to have so much fun. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. I told my Korean students this, actually. Uh, I have not always expressed my personal life to them and by not always I mean never but I like this class a lot and I told them I said you guys I'm actually sad today like what I said yeah uh my boyfriend is like wait teacher teacher they freak out boyfriend Boyfriend? yeah sort of yeah I said he's leaving after this weekend like (gasps) and I said oh I said word of advice (laughs) Do not date anyone in the U.S. Army. I told them this. They said, okay, okay, teacher. And I said, all right. Okay, okay. I used to talk to my students about my personal life all the time. It was so bad. I mean, so bad. They'd be like, teacher, where did you go dancing today? (gasps) Okay, I'm jealous. My work is, like, very professional. and That's not my vibe. (sighs) Yeah. So um, as far as final thoughts, I don't know. Uh, try to be present and enjoy it, but it will bite you in the ass also if you're a simp like me. So, But something's always going to bite you in the ass. Yes. Know? Whether it's monotony or fucking boredom or someone leaving or there's always going to yep, be something. That's what I've learned. Yeah, it's, it's hard either way. Whether it gets boring and that hurts or someone fucks up and hurts the other person, that hurts. Or whether it's completely beautiful and amazing like it is now. But we are both strong enough to realize that we have goals other than each other. And, you know, that's going to hurt, too. So it, hurt, it relationships yeah. hurt no matter what you do. Yay. Right. And and those aren't the other options. Like, obviously, I do think that there are more long-term relationships that don't dry out or become boring. I think that they're fucking few and far between. But I do think that they can yeah, exist. But there certainly is something beautiful about this travel husband expiration date relationship just in the sense that it fucking teaches you to be present you can't not be present i mean and i wonder if you and army boy would have had such a fun time and had so much fun 
so soon and there would be so much, there would not be so much passion and chemistry if he was just kind of going to be there forever. You know, there wouldn't be this sense of urgency. So I wonder how much that goes into kind of the big, big bowl of honey nut filios. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, we had hung out two times and he got really fucked up and we FaceTime and he says, lip, lip, lip. I love you, but we, we need to talk for a second. We, I love you, but you're so fucking hot. I said, what, what did you say? He's like, no, I love you, but you need to listen right now. I was like, oh my God, we have hung out two times. What a classic army boy move. Right. And then we hang out in person. I said, Hey, do you remember our conversation Thursday night? He's like, no, why? He told me you love me. He's like, oh shit, really? Did I? I said, yeah, you did. He's like, damn. I said, did you take it back? He says, well, no. Like, okay, well, so be it. Yeah. But you know, I wonder if it would be that strong if it, we had a mm-hmm. longer time frame on it. But either way. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, know. even just telling people that you love them. I mean, I know I used to years ago. I mean, somebody I was involved with on and off for years told me that they loved me, were in love with me, whatever. And I just freaked the fuck out. And this was several years ago. And I freaked out, even though I did. Of course, I loved him. I still love him to this day. But I don't know what about that. It was like, oh, is it? It's too soon, too serious. And we're so afraid of communicating our love for each other because we're afraid of being simpy or that it's not returned or that it's too soon or whatever. But in reality, it's like you can love who like who someone is and love your time together and love the connection that you have. And it can just be that. It can just be love. Like you can just love each other without all of the attachment to all of the results and all of the outcomes of the relationship. And that's definitely something that's carried over into my, my life. My normal life is like, I literally tell people I love them so quickly because I, if, if I do, I do, you know, I love you. I fucking think you're amazing. I love your soul. And I think it's important for people to hear that and to experience that. I wish that was something that was a little more normal, normalized, you know, in our culture is just like expressing your love to each other and showing that you fucking care, showing that you care and being soft and sharing your feelings and being vulnerable is a fucking superpower. That is the true sign of strength. You know, being strong is not just barring yourself away and allowing no one to affect you and not crying or not having feelings or not being upset. That's, it's not strength. Being strong is feeling all of that shit and choosing to continue to feel it and knowing that there's going to be hurt, but choosing to love and be open anyways, which I think is what you and army boy have both done with each other. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, that's, I have, I have no regrets. Life is short. Life is short. Those people that say, oh, like it's too soon. I can't say I love you. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. If I die tomorrow, mm-hmm. I would want her to know that I love him. You know, and I love you, Lauren. Yeah. And I love many people in my life. Oh, yeah. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> and life's too short and it's important. And I, I, I don't care. I love, and it, it hurts it too. It hurts too, but it's also like the best thing that anyone could ever feel. So I think you should lean into it. It's so beautiful. And connections like this, going forward, you know now that they exist. So you're not going to be fucking settling. I mean, I say that, but I'm sure you're still going to entertain frogs and toxic PP just like we all do. (laughs) But at the end of the day, 
there will be a voice in the back of your head. And I feel like the more of these types of connections that you end up having, the louder that voice gets where it's like you're spending time with someone and you just kind of realize this connection actually isn't that deep. There's not as much substance here. And I've experienced what true connection, what true intimacy, what true openness looks like. That's the bar. And I'm not going to settle for less. And of course, every connection is different. Every connection is unique. However, once you realize that you can reach certain depths with someone, with people, you kind of stop entertaining those really shallow surface connections that really just don't do much for you in the end. So it's like now you get to go forward knowing that this type of connection exists, knowing that it's out there, being grateful for the fact that this one existed and excited about, you know, what else is out there. Yeah you to experience like you said life is fucking short yeah exactly and that's why you know relationships like this that do have some weight to it that's why i cling to them and that's why my heart you know yearns for them you know and i've had a few before but you know this one's lasted longer than the others you know and this one happened to exist within a time frame where i have been happier than i've ever been even regardless of them so mm. this one holds some weight and it hurts but it's also been really healthy. Of course. A lot of your relationships in the past were fucking toxic. Absolutely. But here's the thing. Even, like, I love him so much, and I have loved others before, and I will after him too. And that's what I'm trying to realize. I always get wrapped up into the now. I love the now so much, and that's so healthy. But also, you know, I get so wrapped up in it that I can't even picture the future. So I need to, like, try to latch mm-hmm. onto that, that, hey, there's connection and amazingness, whether it's whether it's with him or someone else after this too. So, yeah. Yeah. You also have that feeling you're now you're familiar with that feeling. So when you are kind of, you know, law of attraction, you attract what you are, you know, what, and not what you want. So you attach yourself to these feelings and that literally creates vibrations that are put out into the universe and that start to attract that kind of shit. Once I started experiencing these certain feelings and attaching myself to them, like this is the way that I want to feel. It's not necessarily a person that I want. It's this feeling of love and intimacy and openness. And the more I started to experience that, the more I started to kind of manifest it for myself because those are the feelings that I was attaching myself to versus in the past where I have attached myself to being dependent or comfortable or not alone. Yeah. And those things just didn't bring that level of relationship until I started really connecting. And then the more I experienced that, the more those feelings come alive in me. And then the more I attract it, the more I experience it and, and so on and so forth. And now I just feel like definitely, I mean, fucking of course people slip through the cracks all the time. <laughs> like for the most part, I feel like all of the connections that I have romantic and platonic now, it's really great because they all have such incredible substance and such depth and they're all so unique in their own ways but they all have the foundation of authenticity vulnerability openness honesty all that shit yeah i saw a post it said something about chasing connection not attachment and Mm. that is so hard for me to grasp that could be a whole episode on itself Because for me, connection is attachment because that true connection does not happen very often. So I tend to attach, but that stupid post that I saw, it kind of really made me think about what is the difference in trying to separate the two. That's kind of the essence of expiration dating and being in your twenties and having goals other than relationships. People have asked, oh, why aren't you following him home? Or why did he leave without you? I said, we're on the same page. 
He has goals and so do I. Yeah. But like being a wifey or hubby is not our goal. And that's amazing. We're both on the same page. However, it's going to hurt. But we have mm-hmm. separated the idea of connection versus attachment. But that doesn't mean my little little baby chicken nugget heart is not crying a little bit. <laughs> Your little chicken nugget heart. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. But I mean, I think that when people do get too stuck on attachment, a lot of people would be like, fuck it, I'm going to go. And there's something romantic in that, right? Like there's something romantic from the movies, whatever, where one person just turns around the car or gets off the plane or changes their mind and shows up for the other person and they live fucking happily ever after. But what the fucking movies don't show is what happens years down the road when you've got fucking snotty nosed kids running everywhere and you're working and the fucking fire and the zest of that beginning is not necessarily as alive. And even if it's not a bad relationship, you start thinking about, wow, you know, I gave up my life for you. I sacrificed and relationships do take sacrifice, but when you sacrifice your goals, what you want for yourself, your life, and you change that for someone I never want anybody to change their plans, their goals for me in this drastic way, because I never want to feel like I held you back from what you fucking wanted. And I think if you are going to be with someone, if you're going to be with someone in a relationship, especially a monogamous relationship or a long-term relationship, you kind of need to want the same things. Your individual paths, I feel like need to kind of align in some way. You know, I've dated in the past guys who live in the States, who live in LA, who want to stay in LA, who want to be in LA. They love LA. And then I moved to Korea and it's hard. And then all of a sudden he's willing to move to Korea to be with me. And I'm willing to move to LA to be with him, even though I've never wanted to live in LA. I love that we would be willing to do that for each other, but years I can, I, I don't ever want to feel like I made you change your path or I changed my path for this relationship. I don't think that that is the healthiest way of, I don't think that's what we're supposed to mean when we say sacrifice. You know, I think the ultimate sacrifice here is what you guys are doing is saying, I love you so much that I want you to live your life the way that you want to live it. I want you to fulfill your goals. I think that's the ultimate sacrifice in love is letting someone free to be who they're meant to be and who they want to become. And then if your paths come back together and if they collide, amazing. If they don't, it's this beautiful learning lesson, this beautiful thing that exists in your mind forever. Right. And that's where I've seen way too many seasons of The Bachelor and the goal of The Bachelor is to, oh, I want to find someone. And if he wants to live in Tennessee, then that's where I will live. And we will settle down and work and make a family. And just like my entire goal of my life is to, you know, fertilize this relationship. And I've never understood that. I'm like, that sounds like it would get stale so quick. That doesn't actually last night. This this brings me to a fucking kind of random, but also kind of related point about stay at home moms. Mm. Last night I was editing and chatting with Skip and I don't know how we got on this conversation, but I was like, no shitting on stay at home moms, like fucking go off. I mean, your fucking job, your mom 
your mother was a stay-at-home yes, she mom was. for 20 something Yes, she years. was. And that's why your childhood rooms were immaculate. Amazing. She made you fucking biscotti and lunch and dinner and, and, you know, helped your dad build his career. I mean, literally women are the backbones. However, for me personally, being a stay-at-home mom is way too much fucking pressure. Yep. And I'll tell you why. It's because... Like, I've heard people say that, you know, being a mother is going to be my life's, like, greatest work, and I want to be a stay-at-home mom, like, I want to do that, and I think that that is amazing for them. For me, personally, I'm like, dude, I need to have something outside of raising a human being who is eventually going to be completely autonomous and make their own fucking decisions, and, you know this kid that you put all of your fucking energy into and your whole life's purpose is raising this fucker and he could grow up and become the president, but he could also grow up and become fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. And then it's like, at that point, I fucking wait. I hope I have something else going for me, whether it be a fucking stamp collection or a career or a passion or fucking something that are, so that I don't feel like a complete fucking failure. And maybe that is why I don't want to be a fucking stay at home wife or mom is because I need something to do with my life that I actually have control over. And as much control as you think that you have over raising those fuckers, eventually, They have traumas and shit happens to them outside of your control that's going to affect them. And then all of your life's purpose is now in the hands of this being who can piss shit and make its own decisions. And that to me is just the fucking version of my nightmare. So at least if I do have kids, there's got to be something else for me, man. Well, right. But it's the same idea if you think about those who want to be a wife versus those who want to be a mother. It's the same idea. If your whole identity is in your relationship or your whole identity is in your child or both, that's it. You know, if one of those gets messed up, then your entire identity as a woman is destroyed. Couldn't be me. Right. But also here I am with my feels in someone else. Like I, I like to pretend that I'm better, but I'm not. So no, but those two things aren't mutually exclusive. I actually think that You know, I think there is something beautiful, for example, about what your mom did. Your mom gave up her artist kind of career, even though she did artistic things, but she stayed at home and she made it easy for your dad to succeed. And ultimately that worked out really well for your family. She raised you and your brother very well. She was very present. She was very involved. And now that you guys are kind of grown and out of the house, you know, they've obviously your mom and dad have split up and now she's doing her own thing. Yeah. That's amazing. She has had to, it's amazing. And oh my God, seeing her fucking thrive. It gives me such joy. It's crazy. But the thing is, is she had to literally figure out who the fuck she Mm -hmm. was after 27 years of being a wife and mother. And while I think that that's beautiful, I just, I can't help but worry about the people who place all of their identity, whether it be in a relationship right. with a significant other or their kids, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, the leaky bucket theory that I've, I've mentioned before, it's like when you're finding, when you need other people to kind of fill those holes, what fucking happens when something happens in the relationship or they piss you off or they don't show up for you, what happens to your holes? Like, are you filling those yourself or are those are those being whole things being filled externally and even if it's your fucking kid or whoever I still just think 
it's so healthy to have your own identity, which is really fucking hard to maintain in a long-term relationship. Right. And even in a short term, we haven't made this about me in a minute. So let's make this about me. I need some attention. You're so right. (laughs) (laughs) You're not just a real whore. You're an attention whore too. Absolutely. Let's we We have not talked about me in a second. So let's talk about me. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy in my life, but also it's like, oh my God, this man is leaving. So now what holes is that going to spring? It's true. Like, I like mm-hmm. one, do I need attention? Someone talking about me? Yes. But two, I have not known Korea without him and now he's going to leave. So now I'm faced with the music. What is my life without him? And I know it's amazing, but I'm about to face it raw dog head on, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we'll I see, feel that. but I'll be okay. So In conclusion, can you tell me your hypothesis for what it's going to look like when Army Boy leaves for you? It's going to suck. I'm going to miss him. I am such a simp. I miss people that I've connected with for a long time after they have came and gone, even though I know it's for the best. I'm going to miss him. I will. But what's amazing is that we are still very much into each other. We love each other on like a deep level and we'll continue to connect. Yeah, we'll just continue to love each other without the physical aspect of it. So that is a new one. Yeah. I've not done long distance. And again, we're not monogamous. We were not even when he was here and we will not be after he leaves. So that's a new one for me too. But yeah, yeah. we'll be okay. Well, the connection, the cord is not no. severed through mm-hmm. time and distance. It's always valid. The connection is always valid. It's always real. The length of the season doesn't determine its validity. Yep, so you're right. I am so excited for you. I'm excited for, I'm, I'm hurting for and with you. But I'm also, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yep. It's part of the process. Yeah. I'm excited that you've experienced this, that you've been so lucky to experience such a passionate and deep and authentic love. And I'm excited for the feelings and emotions and that are going to come up and the shit that you're going to learn about yourself and love and humans in the process. Yep. Me so, too. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. <laughs> yeah. So... Olivia is going to be coming on as our audacity meteorologist. Yes. So I'm very excited for that because even though today's topic was a little heavier and a little more serious, Olivia is the fucking raunchiest, most disgusting and grotesque (laughs) I ever fucking met. I wish I could deny this, but I am a cupful a scoopful of pond scum picture you take a measuring cup scrape it over a pond scoop up all the muck and then pour it over a stack of pancakes that's me so if you're into that great if <laughs> like, not just like scroll away if you see my name on the podcast so. <laughs> like sweet and tasty but also fucking disgusting and also and has been some to some questionable places and sickly sweet I love that. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Liv, thank you for joining us. I will see you fuckers later. Bye. Bye.